ordinarily, this is when I would pick the Penguins to beat the Philadelphia Flyers in four. And when you'd ask me why, I'd say, because I can't pick the Penguins in three. And if you could choose the ideal opponent for the Penguins in the first round, it would be the Flyers. They don't have a number one goaltender, and their defense isn't very good. But the Flyers can score, and it's a rivalry series. But the Penguins will win in five. Maybe. This is the Mark Madden Show. Busted open hard way, just like Roman Reigns. Sweet sassy molassy. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Some real good Penguins news. Derek Broussard practiced. He's not for sure going to play Wednesday, but it's looking better. He did line work with Kessel and Sherry. If you're a Penguins fan, if you're a hockey nut, you got to keep it right here until 6 o'clock. It is a festival of hockey beginning at 3.15, just 15 minutes away. My guest will be Penguins defenseman Oli Mata. Then at 4.05, he was born in Pittsburgh, but played for the Flyers. Used to hate him, but after a while in that orange and black, I bet he grew to hate the Penguins. It's R.J. Umberger at 4.05. At 4.30, the legendary Hall of Famer Mike Lang. And at 5.15, the Penguins' top defenseman, Chris Letang. Mata, Umberger, Lang, Letang. If you can listen to better hockey talk somewhere else, I suggest you go ahead and do it, but I don't think you can. I don't think anything tops the Mark Madden show on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Just to expose a popular myth out there, New Jersey and Columbus rested a bunch of key players in their regular season finales, and each lost. Some hockey experts say they were tanking to avoid the Penguins because had either one, they would have jumped over Philadelphia and right into a first-round matchup with the Penguins. But that's utter stupidity. The Devils and Jackets couldn't get home ice, and they were going to play either Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, or Tampa And really, what's the difference? So don't put your key players at risk. Uh, That's the only reason they sat those guys. The only reason. I think the Flyers stink. When I say five, maybe, regarding the number of games I think the series will go, I'm leaning toward four a lot more than I am six. Uh, Like I said, the Flyers don't even have a number one goalie. Between Elliott and Morazic, the Flyers will start the lesser of two evils. Two of their defensemen can skate, and most of the rest pointedly can't. The Flyers can score. Claude Giroux got 102 points. Voracek had a great season. Wayne Simmons is a tough nut to crack soap. The Penguins got a batten down the hatches on D for sure. The Pens won't go to pieces like they did in that 2012 series. These Penguins are much more mature, and this coach, Mike Sullivan, he can handle that, whereas Dan Bilesma couldn't. 
These Penguins have the backbone provided by two straight Stanley Cups where the Flyers are just going to be glad to be there after missing out last year. But like I said, this series makes me nervous. It's always fun to play the Flyers, but what if you lose? The Penguins need to win this series. If you eliminate the Flyers on the back of two straight Stanley Cups, whatever happens after is gravy, and I really do mean that. The pessimists are going to pick at the same old scabs as Wednesday night's Game 1 approaches, but let's get this one out the way. Matt Murray is exactly the guy you want in goal. He's won the last two Stanley Cups. His record in the playoffs is 22-9. and His goals against in the playoffs is under 2, and his save percentage is .928. He shut out Nashville in the last two games of last year's final, and in his two cup-clinching games, Matt Murray allowed a total of one goal. Matt Murray is a big save goalie, a big game goalie. You could point at his regular season stats this year if you like. I'm going to point at his resume in the playoffs. 412-333-9939, the number to call. I wonder what the Flyers' approach will be. They don't really goon it up anymore, but they do have a couple of cheap shot cement heads like Gudas and Manning. But I think the Flyers' best approach would be to trade scoring chances with the Penguins, play to their strength, because that is their only strength, see what damage Giroux and Voracek can do, and Simmons. Simmons, with his size and style, he is a tough man for the Penguins to play against. But the Flyers' goaltending blows. Elliott was injured, but he's made the last two starts. I would assume he starts game one, which is at Pittsburgh on Wednesday. The Penguins look decent in their win Friday. 4-0 in the regular season finale over Ottawa. Casey DeSmith played well. Full credit to Casey after I said I'd start Murray. It was a very workmanlike win and exactly the kind of tune-up game you'd want before the playoffs. We got a bunch of other crap to talk about, too. The Pirates at 7-2, and two, and Tyon pitched a one-hitter yesterday. Complete game. But only 9,000 tickets got sold at PNC. That's not just the weather, because most tickets get sold in advance. That's lack of trust in management. This is the public, perhaps, feeling hoodwinked one time too many. The Pirates won't keep it up. Celebrate now, but the Pirates won't keep it up. But they won't lose today either. Their game at Wrigley Field in Chicago has been postponed due to snow. Tiger Woods finished 32nd at the Masters at one over. And I still heard some jackass on ESPN say, Tiger will win another major. There's no doubt. Uh, Patrick Reed shoots 15 under, and he has to hold off Fowler and Spieth. Very exciting finish. Those two made impressive runs and almost caught Reed. And the media is still talking about has-been Tiger. Here's my response to the Jamoke on ESPN. Tiger will never, ever win another major. There's no doubt. I saw the Paterno movie on HBO. It was kind of meh. Pacino is good as Paterno. The theme seemed to be that Paterno, at 84 years old, was just overwhelmed by the Sandusky situation and by the demands of coaching a major college program. 
Uh, that all goes down a lot different, I think, if Joe retires at, say, 70 years old. But mostly, today is all about the Penguins and Flyers. We are four Penguins wins away from another T-shirt. That would be wonderful. Delete, 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 delete. Four one two three three three. WXDX is the number to call. That debate about whether New Jersey or Columbus rested key players in the regular season finale to avoid playing the Penguins. It's so stupid, you just got to talk about it. And I will a bit more later in the program. Also going to talk about the Penguins lines, Kessel, Malkin, and Crosby on separate trios and how that'll work and when a switch should be made if it doesn't. If Broussard's okay, though, yeah, you got to start uh, with that alignment. Up next, Penguins defenseman Oli Mata, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? In and out like the psychotic version of the hokey pokey. Mark, you are super genius. I know. The X at 105.9. My guest right now played all 82 games for the first time in his career this season, and he played them very well. From the Penguins, it's defenseman Oli Mata. Oli, like I said, you played all 82 this year. Given your recent past with injuries and illness, you must feel really good about that. Yeah, I definitely do. That was that that felt awesome. Just just playing 82 is not easy. Just going going through that some, sometimes a grind, but. Um, you know, you know what? I think, I think that's that's part of the reason I was able to build on build on my game the whole time, is being relatively healthy the whole season. Well, as I mentioned, I, I think you played very well. Do you feel right now like your game's where it's at? Because I know you can be critical of yourself. Uh, yeah, I think that's a big part. Um, I, I think you got to know when you play good and when you play bad, and you got to know what you, things to work on. Um, and I think you you have to be your own like biggest critic. I, I know lots of lots of people say that. I think that that's true. Um, you gotta make uh, get better when you make mistakes and just just learn from them. Well, where do you feel your game is at then? What do you think you're doing well at this point, and what do you feel still needs tweaked with the playoffs just a few days away? Well, I think I, I think uh, obviously producing more offensively, which is a big part. I think. Uh, just shooting and puck more and getting those chances more. That's that's a huge part in playing with Schulte. I think we've done a pretty good job uh, playing an offensive zone. Um, I, I think just just as a team, uh, at the same time as in, individually, just limiting scoring chances we give a, give against us from uh, mistakes and sloppy play. I think that's uh, that's something we can't really give up easy easy goals or so-called free goals for the opponent. And when the playoff time comes, those are those are huge. Now, you've been a Penguin five years. How big is the rivalry with Philadelphia to you? What's it like for you playing against those guys? Uh, well, I think the history behind, behind these two teams is pretty much talks to, talks to itself. I, I think um, every game you play against these guys, doesn't matter home or away, it's always there's always a little extra there, even though we haven't faced them in the playoffs. When I when I've been here, even the regular season games sometimes feel like a playoff games, and and uh, it's going to be exciting series. 
Now, the Flyers have a bunch of good forwards, and their good forwards are different. They don't all play the same. Uh, for example, it's got to be a lot different playing against uh, a Wayne Simmons than it is a Cloud Giroux. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of depth, a lot of different kind of forwards. They're, they're all pretty effective. Um, but I think the reason we've been so successful lately, uh, lately in the last two seasons is we don't Obviously, you have to do your pre-scout. You have to watch your video and know know the other team. I think we focus on the way we play the game, and uh, we don't. We want to make sure we're on the same page, and we we play for each other, and and uh, we play the game the right way. I think that's the biggest part. Uh, one thing I'm sure you've noticed in your pre-scouting is these guys go to the blue paint hard, don't they? That's that's going to be a big part of this series, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Both. Both ends, I think. Uh, I think we got to do a good job clearing pucks and uh, let Murr have a sideline when the shots come in. Uh, on the other end, we got to get shots through as a demon, and uh, we got to we got to get there in front of uh, in front of their goalie's eyes. So that's that's going to be a big part. Now, you guys beat the Flyers four straight times in the regular season, but that doesn't really have much effect on this series, does it? No, not really. Um, I mean, we we know each other really well. Uh, we know the way they play, and they know they know the way we play. It's uh, everything's gonna, like you said, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's a new series. It's, it's start from zero zero, and uh, anything gonna happen. How do you feel physically, Oli? Uh, not so much related to your injuries or illness from the past, but I'm wondering how the team feels in general. What's the fatigue factor like after all these playoff games these last two years? You've literally played more hockey than anybody in the NHL. Uh, dating back to 2016. Yeah, I'm, I think that might that might show show in a regular season. But I think when a playoff starts, you kind of lose it. You can you can just grind it up because it's exciting times. These are the this the time you you wait for you to look forward to. So I don't think that's going to play a factor. We're talking Oli Mata, the Penguins here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9. Uh, your PK didn't necessarily have a great year. But it had a pretty decent last three games. What's been getting better with the PK, and what has to get better still? Yeah, I think we we started off kind of average, and then we went we played pretty good in the middle of the season. Then it dropped off a bit, a bit again. I, I think just uh, something we've done good job last three games is just being on the same page and trusting each other. That's a huge thing when you play play with four guys. I mean. You got you got to trust the other guy's going to do do his job, and you you're going to do yours. That's when it's going to work, and, and uh, there can't be hesitation in there. It seems like you guys have been a bit more aggressive on the PK. Does that tie into what you're talking about now? Yeah, I mean you got to. I think that's a, that's just a read thing. Um, obviously, if you have a chance, chance to put pressure on and get the get the puck out, that's that's what you want to do. That's what how you want to kill. You don't want to play your own zone too much but sometimes it's uh it's not possible and you, you just gotta you can't put up pressure you just gotta kind of get in your formation and just block those shots and that's that's sometimes necessary now last year you guys had a lot more depth on defense uh this year there's only seven with the big club right now how do you make up for that besides don't get hurt i guess <laughs> yeah i mean i i think i think we have a lot of a lot of depth uh, and uh even as I can say in D man, like we got we got Honey, Honey, Rudy, Jamie, like we got we got lots of lots of good D man, and, and doesn't matter who who's in there. We know 
we we got a we got a chance to win. I know we we went the stretch without Murr, and we we got a good good goalie play from uh, from uh, Smitty and Jarns at that stretch that uh, was really important. And, and uh, injuries happen. It, I mean, it's it's just naturally happens part of the game, and sometimes. I'm I'm pretty confident the play, players we have, like whoever whoever's in the lineup, we we have a chance to win. Now the pairs switch sometimes, but mostly you're in tandem with Justin Schultz. You seem really comfortable with him. It seems, Ollie. Yeah, for sure. Schultz is Schultz is awesome to play with. I, I think he's well. Everybody knows he's really good with the puck, and and he's he's one of the better defensemen in the, in the league in the offensive zone, for sure. But I think something. That really stands out is as the way he he can break out his own zone. We don't feels like we don't spend too much time in our own end uh, because of that. Now you blocked the 115 shots this year, second on the team to Brian Dumoulin. That's got to suck. I've always been amazed how you guys just absorb that. Uh, it, there's no great trick to it. You just got to have the guts to eat it, right? Uh, yeah, you know. Well, sometimes it happens automatically. I mean, if you fear. You're in position there, and that happens at PK almost naturally. And even if you don't almost try try to block a shot, you just try and take an angle away, and that just sometimes happen. But you know, when the playoff time comes, that those things come huge. I mean, you obviously you gotta do everything to win, and uh, that that's something I think we've done a good job. Now the Penguins' defense pinches a lot to keep the puck in uh, inside the other team's zone. How do you decide when to do that, Ollie, and also when to join the rush? I guess the point I'm making is it seems like your defensemen take a lot of risk, but I know that's what the coaches want. Yeah, I mean, you can call it a risk, I guess, but I think I think it's more of a it's more of a read when you have when forwards do a good job coming back and just being on top of their their players and. We don't. We don't give up. That's when you have your chance to jump in and pinch, and that's when you don't give up too many, too many Ottman rushes, and that that's a huge part of our game. Um, and, and I think that when you say jumping in a rush, you, that that's a read again. Like it's tough to say right now when you want to jump when you don't, but um, it just comes out if you have a chance to make it an Ottman rush, go go for it for sure. Uh, but sometimes you you might have to stay back a bit and be more conserved. Now, the Penguins are trying to make history by winning a third straight Stanley Cup. That hasn't been done since 1982. But you guys can't really think about that, can you? I think it's back in our in our minds a bit, uh, and that's motivates you. But I, at the same time, every time every time you hop on there, you don't really think of that. And I think that's that's a big key in playoffs. Things happen. You, you give up a goal, you score a goal, you just got to go out there and do that. Do the same thing over again. Play the game the right way. Uh, you lose a game, you win a game again. You got to leave behind and start start from uh, beginning again. And, and uh, that's the way you got to look at it. Okay, this went well. I, I think because you weren't watching a soccer game during this interview, were you? <laughs> I was not. Ne- neither was I. So we got to stick to that moving forward. <laughs> and in that vein, the big question: Liverpool are up three nil going into the second leg, Champs League against Man City. Can Liverpool hold on? The way they've been playing this year, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Mark. I mean, I've I've seen a I've seen a good Liverpool, and there I see the see the other side. So we'll see. It'll be exciting. Yeah, you act like I haven't noticed. And and also <laughs> in that vein, your team Aston Villa now winless in five games. What the heck is going on? Yeah, apparently we don't want to play in Premier League. So you know what? I've seen you guys play. <laughs> I'm not sure I I blame you. Oli, great stuff. Thank you for taking the time. 
Good luck Wednesday. We'll see you at the rink. All right. Thanks, Mike. That's Oli Mata. Got to talk soccer a little bit with Oli. Like, like that, after games, when I head into the locker room, like, I'll talk to Sid about movies and World War II. I'll talk to Oli about soccer. It just, you know, you don't always talk hockey. It's it's fun to not sometimes. And by the way, the last interview, Oli did admit, the last time Oli was on the show, we were both watching Champions League while doing the interview. I wouldn't necessarily say it did the interview much good. But today was better. We got R.J. Umberger, born in Pittsburgh, but he played for the Flyers. He joins us at 4.05 to talk about the rivalry. We got Mike Lang at 4.30, Chris Letang at 5.15. It's the best hockey talk to be heard anywhere. Right here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. And his drink, smoke pot, figured if he showed up at rehab wrecked, it gave him a better shot at getting most improved. The X at 105.9. You know who that story's about? Hey, yo. Uh, there's a huge story in the Post-Gazette about how much the mayor loves hockey. Oh, yay, the mayor loves hockey. Gold jacket, green jacket, etc. Uh, the most amazing debate uh, as we await the start of the playoffs Wednesday is whether New Jersey and Columbus rested players in their season finales to purposely lose and thus avoid the Penguins in the first round. Uh, the Devils are playing Tampa, and Columbus is playing Washington. I'm not sure either team should be thrilled by their matchups. I'm not sure either team would have seen Pittsburgh as that much tougher. And yeah, the season series and blah, blah, blah. But Jersey and Columbus simply weren't trying to avoid the Pens. It wasn't like they could avoid the Pens and play the Islanders. Then maybe you got a case. But uh, New Jersey avoided Pittsburgh. They're playing Tampa. Columbus avoided Pittsburgh. They're playing Washington. Uh, Such speculation is just utter silliness designed to inspire talk frankly, by people who don't know enough about hockey to have a legitimate on-air conversation. It's like trying to tie in this series to the Penn's mental and emotional collapse against the Flyers in that first-round series in 2012. Different coaches, way different rosters, and a whole lot has happened since then. If Philadelphia turns to shenanigans in this series, it's because they're already in trouble. These Flyers are going to try to skate and score with the Penguins. That's how their team is constructed. That's their strength. That's their only choice. It might be a suicide mission, but it's all the Flyers got because they don't have the defense and goaltending to beat Pittsburgh if they don't score a lot of goals. Not in the best of seven. Heck, the Flyers couldn't even win one game during the regular season. The Penguins beat them four straight. The Flyers used to look for favorable matchups defensively like Couturier versus Malkin. But Couturier is a scorer now. And even if you match up versus Geno, what will Philadelphia do against Sid on another line and Kessel on yet another? If it's Giroux versus Sid, then Giroux got to play a lot of defense. If it's Couturier versus Malkin, then Malkin, uh, excuse me, Couturier got to play a lot of defense. Although Couturier and Giroux occasionally do play on the same line, with Giroux mostly playing wing these days. Uh, The Penguins' lines, by the way, if practice today is any indication, will follow the formula 
to start the series against Philadelphia, and I am fine with that. Crosby, Gensel, and Rust, Malkin and the two Swedes, Broussard, Sherry, and Kessel, and then Kuhnhockel, Shane, and whomever. Oh, here's some big news. Uh, the Penguins will have the outdoor big screen right by PPG Paints Arena for all the home playoff games. And there will be a gold out at home games. A gold out. They will give fans attending gold T-shirts. Uh, I will do my best to talk you and myself into believing that this should be a competitive series between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. But it probably won't be. The Penguins will probably kill them. I predicted Penguins in five earlier in the show. And uh, if you made me pick between four and six, I'd say four is more likely. Uh, to be honest, the Flyers are lucky to be in the playoffs. They had 42 wins and 40 losses. But out of those 40 losses, they got 14 loser points. Florida had 44 wins but did not make it. Florida had two more wins than Philadelphia, but did not make it. Does that indicate a flawed playoff system? Yeah, it might. It just might indicate that. Let's go to Rick in Vermont. Rick, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Um, I've noticed that there's a, a small amount of unhealthy anxiety towards if Mark or Matt Murray is you know, a proven playoff goaltender. Wait, um, no, no, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. There is zero anxiety at all if he's a proven playoff goaltender. None. I'm sorry, there, there's anxiety about him this year because of his uh, his performance this season wasn't, you know, elite as, as his playoff performance has been. That That's fair to say, yes. Okay. Did, now, I know you're not a Detroit uh, hockey analyst here, but was there ever this kind of worry with Osgood, where he wasn't the best regular season performer, but he would always seem to turn it on come playoff time and just dominate? Well, no, I wouldn't say Chris Osgood dominated. I would say he was a product of the team in front of him. And maybe that's the case about Matt Murray, too, to some extent. But why ask why? I mean, Matt Murray, for me, is a big game, big save goaltender. And his playoff resume, for a kid who's been in the league, you know, this is only his second full season in the NHL and only his fourth full pro season. And he has this absurd playoff resume. And, you know, if you want to point fingers at how he, he was mediocre in the regular season this year, I guess people can go ahead and do that, Rick. But I'd rather point at what he's done in the playoffs. It amazes me that after the Penguins have won two straight Stanley Cups, that hockey fans in this town can still find a way to be pessimistic. That was my point exactly, and I appreciate the perspective, Mark. Thank you for the call. It's like, well, you know, Matt Murray struggled this season. Chris Letang made a few mistakes. Rutherford should have never traded Cole. Okay, Letang, in his last playoff game, scored the goal that won the Stanley Cup. Matt Murray, like I said a bit earlier, has 22 playoff wins, two Stanley Cups. He had shutouts in the last two games of last year's finals. And in his two cup-clinching games, he's allowed a total of one goal. I keep saying, like Marc-Andre Fleury, he's a big save goalie and a big game goalie. 
If you want to talk about teams you should be pessimistic about, talk about how the Pirates took a 98-win team in 2015 and tore it apart to make more money. Played you guys like a grand piano, but yet you have infinite faith in their process and you're yanking and cranking because they started 7-2. and two. I can't wait till they fall apart and I can stick it up your backside. Can't wait. Get prepared for that. Get out the lube. It's coming. It's coming hard. It's coming deep. And then the Steelers underachieved for how many years now? But oh no, they got cheated. Refs cheated them. Going to win this year. Pay Bell whatever he wants, yada, yada. There's one team in town that has the process cocked that's won the last two championships, and the least you could do, should do, must do, is show some faith in them and in the guys who got you those two championships. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Pirates are doing good right now. We'll talk about that a little bit at the top of the hour. Uh, I did want to talk a bit more about the Paterno movie. I don't know, maybe maybe you don't, on HBO. I thought Pacino was real good at playing Paterno. I think he was understated in Joe's wackiness at age 84 because if he had played it any more over the top, even if it had been accurate, it, it would have seemed cartoonish. I thought everybody else in the movie sucked. I thought every single actor in that movie besides Pacino as Paterno sucked. It was low budget except for Pacino as Paterno. But he was very good. Like I said, he got over the notion that Joe was overwhelmed at age 84 by the situation and just by coaching a football team at that age. Like there were some scenes that were poignant's not the right word. Disturbing's not the right word either. Maybe somewhere in between, like where his son Scott says, Dad, you got to understand what's going on here. He goes, I have nothing to do with that. i got Nebraska coming up. And, and, and part of that was Joe just never understood that there was a world beyond football that often mattered more. 412-333-9939. That's 412-333-WXDX. But R.J. Umberger at the top of the hour. Kid from Plum played for the Flyers. That's going to be interesting because you know, as a kid, he hated the Flyers and loved the Penguins. I just wondered, I've known R.J. a long time, in fact, since he was a kid. I wonder if, when he was a Flyer, if he grew to hate the Penguins. I mean, how could you not? I wouldn't blame him. That's part of the gig. Then again... And I kind of touched on this with Oli Mata when he joined us. We'll talk about this with Tanger as well. I often wonder if these teams talk about these rivalries in the locker room, if they're as fired up about playing the Flyers as, as, as I am, as the fans are, as the media tries to portray. I remember after uh, the Pens beat the Flyers in overtime, at uh, PPG Paints the last time they met, that was on that Brian Ross tipping on that feed from Sid. I was kind of, you know, bantering about how much the Flyers suck with Sid. And Sid said to me, he was laughing, but he goes, 
You hate them more than I do. Uh, yeah, I guess, but I don't average 1.8 points per game against them like I, I think Sid does. Let's go to Jesse in the car. Jesse, you're on with Double M. How you doing, Mark? What up, Jesse? Um, I just wanted your perspective on like how the Penguins switched their head coach a couple years ago and pretty much changed the whole system of the Penguins and won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Do you think that's a possibility with the Steelers with the head coach? No, they're not going to replace the coach. Why would you think that's a possibility? No, I'm saying do you think if they did, I mean, I know they're not going to. What's the point? They're not going to. Do I think it would switch their culture? It might switch their culture, but I bet the guy they hired wouldn't be as good a coach. Okay, fair enough. Hockey and football are two different sports, and the Steelers do things way different than the Penguins do. You can't say that the Steelers or Penguins, the, the way that each team chooses, you can't say it's better or worse because both have been very successful. Let's go to Maverick in Annapolis, Maryland. Maverick, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Um, so I want to call about this matchup with the Flyers. I was thinking about it a bit. And even with or without Broussard, I still think Kessel should play with Malkin. Part of me says so, that's true, but I don't think it's going to start out that way. But give me your reasoning. So we're looking at the Flyers, who are really good with Drew's line with uh, Cotier. If you can kind of minimize that, and then you have uh, Crosby and Malkin playing with good talent, and then you have those two guys score. Well, but don't forget, Malkin scores more goals when he plays on a line without Kessel. When he plays with the two Swedes, Hornquist and Hagelin, he becomes more of a shooter. True, but, I mean, as a line, even with Kessel on that, I still think the line as a whole will still play well. Yeah, but Gino scored more goals without Kessel. And personally, I would play Gino and Phil together, and I know Phil would prefer that, but I can't discount what Gino's done with the two sweets. Now, if you have Brassard playing, like, could you use it as a checking line, minimize Giroux? If, 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 if you put, well, here's the thing. If you put Brassard with, say, Rust and Haglin, that would yeah. be a great checking line that would also get its share of offense, that would manufacture more than its share of opportunities, really, for a checking line. But, but, but when the Penguins are playing the Flyers, and the Penguins are so much better than the Flyers, at least initially I would let... Uh, the Flyers coach worry about the matchups, Hackstall, and uh, not uh, make Mike Sullivan be too concerned. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Just around the corner, we're going to talk to R.J. Umberger. Born in Pittsburgh, played for the Flyers. He'll give us his uh, unique perspective, certainly, on the Penguins-Flyers rivalry. And uh, we'll talk about some of the nuances of this series. Like, uh, the Flyers' power play isn't as good as it looks. Ranked 17th in the league, but I'll tell you, and I'll expand on this thought in a few moments, I think they set up and run their power play better than any team in the league, and honestly, that includes the Penguins. The Penguins have a setup I hate, but talent overwhelms the setup I hate, which makes it a setup I have grown kind of fond of. 1059 the X. Abby on the X. You know what's amazing? How long have we been doing the no quarter segment? Like maybe four or five years? 
I just decided one day I'm going to put uh, a band of music underneath a segment, call it by the song's name, and, and they'll get it sponsored. And they did. In this case, by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. But does Mark get a cut of that? No. I should pull all my bits. Not do no quarter, not do sick again, uh, not do the list, and then just never do them again until I get a cut of the sponsorship. Penguins Flyers. Wow. Penguins Flyers. I love it, but it scares me. I'm 99% certain the Penguins will win, but that 1% scares me because if it happens, we all have to live with it, and who needs that crap? It's like Liverpool FC, Man City tomorrow, second leg of the Champions League quarterfinals. Consider this show ruined. This show. Because I'll be watching that game. Liverpool leads 3-0. It's two games total goals. Liverpool will probably get through to the next round, but what if something bad happens? And it could. Same thing with the Penguins and Flyers. The Flyers' power play is 17th in the league at 20.7% conversion. But I love the way the Flyers set up that power play. They just shoot and crash, rinse and repeat. They're good at it. I hate the Penguins' power play, the way it sets up for the perfect shot, but they lead the league at 26.2%, and that don't lie. Now, Columbus might beat the Capitals. I'd say that series is a toss-up. And if they do and the Penguins beat Philadelphia, boy, that path isn't easy. Philadelphia than Columbus. But it's the closest thing to easy that the Penguins could experience. I'm interested by the series between Tampa and New Jersey. New Jersey swept the season series three games to none. I'm not sure that means anything unless maybe it does. Uh, Penguins versus Flyers is like the perch. Just remember all the good things the purge does. Blessed be America, a nation reborn. Speaking of which, the first official trailer is out for the fourth purge movie, which is about the very first purge. Kind of an origin edition. Check it out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, I, I should get this in, I suppose. WrestleMania was a solid show. Way too long and way too much filler. But the Ronda Rousey thing worked great. Her and Triple H had a little man versus women physicality. And uh, I know X amount of people are going to hate that. But A, it's fake. And B, it made the whole thing make sense. Charlotte and Oscar were brilliant. But WrestleMania was way too long. I can't emphasize that enough. Over five hours, and that doesn't include the pre-show. Yo, I'm not. It, it's not heroin. I'm not addicted. I don't have to have it. Uh, I did a viewing party at the Bulldog Pub in Morningside. It was packed a great time. Thanks to everybody at the Bulldog Pub. Saw my old buddy Dan Love, one of my old hockey players. But before WrestleMania, there was a real nice family there with their kids. And they let two of the kids who were like seven and eight years old, maybe. These kids were playing darts. The plastic tip's not metal, but hey, those can still stick in your eye. I can't think of a worse idea than seven and eight-year-old kids playing 
darts. Oh, we're giving away a couple tickets to the Penguins-Flyers game one. I'm not sure when, but it'll be sometime. And if you just listen, we'll let you know. Up next, going to talk a bit about that Pirates game yesterday and about that Pirates attendance or lack thereof yesterday. And then we're going to talk to a guy born in Pittsburgh, specifically in Plum, who then played for the Flyers. A unique perspective on the rivalry provided by my buddy R.J. Umberger. It's the Mark Madden Show 105.9.